too low. That's why. There we go. All right, we're live. Lord God, we just praise you right now. We thank you. We give you all the honor and all the glory right now, Lord God. It is all yours. Just like we talked about last week, Lord Jesus, we, we start with thanksgiving. Find something right now just to thank him for, Lord. There are people. Thank the Lord for something that he's done for you, even today. Lord God, I thank you for my family and how they support each other, Lord God, and they support me and I support them, Lord. I give you thanks for them. I thank you for this church body, Lord. How amazing they are, Lord. Full of thankfulness, Lord Jesus. And let it flow out, Lord God. Your mighty name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, so I'm going to start off right where we finished last week. Actually, right where we started last week and talked a bunch about. So we've been talking about prayer. Is anybody having as difficult time journaling as I have been? I'm having a very difficult time getting into the routine. Yeah. Well, but that's the same thing. I haven't done it much either this last week. I had a hard time getting into the to the routine, but keep on it. Let's keep trying to journal. Let's keep praying. Starting off with Thanksgiving. And that's where I wanted to start off today was with talking a little bit about the Thanksgiving aspect of it. Because as I prayed further, okay, last week's cliff notes, prayer needs to start with Thanksgiving. Being thankful to the point where you thank give. Something that we need to really focus on in our prayer. Getting thankful, filled up with thanks, so that we can give out of thanks. Our thanksgiving can be out of the boldness, out of the treasure, out of the fullness of our heart. Now, prayer is our main tool. It's one of the main things that we have to, to use against our enemy it's the main thing that we have to use to get instructions from our general. It is the main place of, of creating intimate relationship with Father God, intimate relationship within our, our um, marriage, relationship within our family. Prayer isn't something that you just do when hard times come. We need to be praying. Prayer without ceasing. And when we say prayer without ceasing, like Paul said, he said, I want you to pray without ceasing. It's not, I need to pray all the time. No, our life needs to be a reflection of our prayer. We need to live out the prayer. Praying without ceasing is living a life of prayer. Living out the things that you hear in your prayer closet. Putting them into practice in a way that other people become part of your prayer life. If other people are not becoming part of your prayer life, other people are not going to understand and get the benefits of the things that you're getting from Father God. The fruit that you're getting that is, is technically for them and for us. But it's for them. There's a reason why they will know us by our fruit. Because they're going to be taking from our fruit. We should have a prayer life that is, is so potent. That it benefits and gives life to others when they don't even know that they're receiving life from it. Amen? So today I want to talk about our gates, because prayer is something that automatically relates itself to our own soul gates. Does anybody ever hear anything about your soul gates? We all have soul gates. Different parts of your body have access to different aspects of your soul. Prayer is our first defense to protect our soul gates. 
But make no mistake, it is important for us as believers to protect our gates. Now, anytime you go through the Old Testament, you hear about the gates of the city. The gates of the city being under siege. The gates of the, under, of the city need, needing to be cared for. We have gates in and of ourselves that need to be protected. Now I go back to, to the scripture we talked about last week in Psalms. Psalms 100. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who made us and not ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Verse 4 of uh, Psalms 100. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness is to all generations. But notice here, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a key and a tool to enter his gates. But when we get to the New Testament and we see Jesus on the scene and we accept Jesus into our hearts, all of a sudden, there's a dynamic shift that happens from Psalms 100 to the time of Christ. And it's this, we are the temples of Almighty God. So thankfulness for us opens up the keys to the courts of the living God. But the courts of the living God for us, they're very personal. They're very inside. It's not just an outer place that we can go to. Now, I know I've said that Refiner's Fire Ministry, as we move forward into our call and into our vision and the things that God is going to do in this church body, I believe wholeheartedly that people are going to come through those doors and instantly feel like they're in the presence of Almighty God. But the presence of Almighty God is going to come because it's flowing out of his people. That's us. Thanksgiving is the key to the most eternal gate that we know of. Eternity in our heart. Eternal life that God has given to us. And that's a beautiful thing. So Thanksgiving is that number one thing that we need to protect our gates. It protects our emotional gates. It protects our, our thought process. It puts us in good standing so that we can make our gates strong, so that we can care for our gate, so that we don't got to squeak a gate. It's easy for us to get into a place where we got a squeaky gate. There's one WD-40 that never fails when you're talking about fixing a gate, and that's Thanksgiving. Having Thanksgiving in our heart, because it, it brings us to the throne room of God. But it all starts right here. It all starts at home. Right here. So we talked about that a little bit last week. We talked about Thanksgiving. But I want to I wanna focus a little bit on what that means to our innermost being. Because if we don't protect our gates, our gates will be under siege by an enemy that has no love for us, that has no purpose for us, that has no thoughts of kindness to us. We have to protect our gates. Mm -hmm. Say it with me. Yeah. Protect our gates. It's the number one thing we need to do to protect our gates is we need to protect our emotions, we need to protect our thoughts, we need to protect our, our, our intimate, most being. We need to do it through Thanksgiving. Matthew, chapter 6. I want to go on to the next gate. I want to spend a little bit of time on this one. We may whip through these really quick, we may not, so bear with me. We'll see how long this takes. Matthew, chapter 6. 
verse 9, starting in verse 19 says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures upon earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. Now get this. It almost seems out of place. We're, we're, we're talking about treasure. We're talking about making sure that you store up your treasures in heaven and not on earth. Because wherever your treasures are, that's where your heart will be. Or better put, you always keep your, your, your best treasures in your heart. You know where they are. They tug at your emotions. They tug at your thought processes. Everything that you treasure the most will always be on your mind and will always be on your heart. So it's important for us to, to treasure those things in a heavenly way. It's not saying, you know what, I, I, Lord God, I love my wife so much, but, but I, I don't want to treasure her. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, not treasure my wife and treasure something else that's in heaven where moth doesn't destroy. It's, no, it's more like this. Lord God, I love my wife so much. I trust you for her. I trust the heavenly, heavenly realms, the things that happen in the heavenly realms, the things that happen at the throne room of God, the things that happen in angelic places, the things that happen in the heavenlies, that those things that you have for my wife are good things. Then all of a sudden you're not afraid what's going to happen to your wife because you know the heavens got it. Heavens got it. But look at the shift that happens here in verse 22. We're talking about treasure. We're talking about heaven. And then in verse 22, it says, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will love the one and hate the other, or love the one and not the other, or he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. And mammon is a, is a direct spiritual... It, it, it's, a mammon is a money. It's money, but it's money from a spiritual aspect. It's a demonic viewpoint of having treasures saved up for you. All right, if we go back to this whole... The, the whole concept of prayer that we talked about last week where you, you trust in the Lord and he will give you what you need, but you start with Thanksgiving and you worry about God to, to give you what you need for your day to day. It, it, when you get back down to this portion of scripture, God is saying, listen, you don't need to worry about money. You don't need to worry about mammon. If you worry more about money and money being your provision and, and money being your treasure and money being what you need, you, you will end up in a place where you need that. And it's a demonic spiritual aspect of money. It's called mammon. But the interesting thing to me is the eye. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Our eyes and sight in general is one of our gates. Okay, so we have our, we have our soul gate. The main soul gate is the kingdom of God in our hearts. That's our main gate. But we have these little gates. They're actually like windows. A window is a, it, it can be used as a way to get inside. I mean, the main gate's the best way to go in, right? If we're coming in through the church, where do we want to come through? We want to come through the front doors. But we have these little windows on the side that let light in. For us as human beings, that's our eyes. We need to protect what we see both physically and spiritually. 
If we are taking time and praying and asking the Lord in thanksgiving to protect our gates, to give us what we need, he starts to give us vision. You know, our eyes are best used when we look at things through God's precepts and God's purposes and his ways and his plans and his provision. This is how the enemy likes to mess up our eyesight. Because I know what everyone's thinking. The first thing you think of when you think about protecting your eyes is you think about not looking at things that are pornographic. Or you look at things on TV that are, are, are not, not of God. That's the first thing that we think of as Christians and as believers. I just have to make sure that I don't watch anything that's bad or look at anything that's bad or, 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 or allow myself to be taken by something in my eyes that are not of him. But there's another aspect to this that goes much deeper than, than one would think. And that's spiritual vision. Looking at things through spiritual eyes. Because if you look to God, and not to, to treasure on earth, uh, let's put it this way. There's an easier way to look at what's right versus looking at what's wrong. And it's to know what your focus is. Where your treasure is. If you know where your treasure is, your treasure is laid up in heaven, then you have no reason for your eye to wander, to look for something to fill a void. That's why the first gate is so important and why it needs to be filled with thanksgiving. Because if your heart is filled with thanksgiving and gladness and the goodness of the Lord, then the eye isn't wanting. The soul gate of this eye actually turns from something that, that lets light in that actually pushes light out. Let me explain. When you thank God, you love on the Lord, you let him fill your heart with gladness, goodness, and it starts to pour out of you. You're not looking for something to come in and make you feel better. You're looking out to see what comes next. And as you look out to see what comes next, you see a path, you see a place, you see a, a, a way to go. You let the fuel inside push your eyes. Does that make sense? It's a very good way to protect this gate. All of a sudden, the window of our soul, Shakespeare called our eyes the window of our soul. There's a reason he called it the window of the soul. It's not by accident. Even flesh, the fleshly world understands the purpose of the eye. We need to protect these windows. The way we protect these windows is we need to know where our treasure is. So when you find yourself struggling, people who struggle with pornography, I've got one way for you to fix that. Give thanks unto the Lord. Don't focus on not doing something and start doing something. That's good. Yeah, anybody that's watching online, everybody here, anybody that struggles with pornography, here's a good place to start. Stop trying to make yourself stop doing something and start doing something that you should be doing. Praise unto the Lord. Give thanks unto the Lord. Because it's a heart issue. It's a want issue. It's a carnal issue. When we protect our hearts, the eye looks for the good things. Now, here's the cool thing. The eye doesn't just start looking for good things. The eye actually focus on, uh, focuses on spiritual things. Like if, if Proverbs says that where there is no vision, the people perish, it's because there's no spiritual vision given to the people, correct? When you start to give thanks unto the Lord, 
all of a sudden the things that you struggle with in regards to your eyes, they dissipate. And all of a sudden you start to have vision and eye, uh, your eye starts to, to get a, a, a glimmer of what could be. Have you ever heard this term, in the mind's eye? You can see something in your mind. When you're focusing on praising the Lord and filling yourself up with the goodness of the Lord through that main gate, keeping that gate well-oiled, keeping that focus on thanking the Lord for everything that he is doing and everything that he's done, all of a sudden, the physical eye isn't as necessary or isn't as potent as the spiritual eye. All of a sudden, in your spirit, in your heart, you're getting revelation from the Lord. And you're being sustained, not by money, not by treasure, not by mammon, but by Father God. This is helping somebody. This is helping somebody. I can tell this is helping somebody. This is an important gate to protect. But it's not about making yourself not do something. It, we, it, you know what? You, you can go and you can go and you're like, oh, you know, the longer I don't look at that, the longer I don't look at this, the longer I don't worry at that, the better I'm doing and, and I'm, I'm gaining freedom. No, no, you're not. That's not freedom. Freedom is thanking the Lord to the point where your eye has no interest in going any other direction than the way of the Lord. Amen? What's, our, what's another gate that we need to protect? The second, and I would say, one of the most difficult gates for me to understand is hearing. Okay, we got our, we got our, our emotions, our soul. We have our eyes, we, what we can see. Then we have our ears, what we can hear. What we should hear, what we shouldn't hear. If you turn to Romans chapter 10, and I'll, I'll read it for you real quick. It's, it's not a long one. You all know it. You probably have it memorized. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 is, So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. So we have this other third aspect of our, our soulish gate. A way into our body, into our soul, into our emotions, into our thought processes, and that is through what we hear. This is the most tricky one of all. You want to know why the Lord Leilani told you and Dave both that it's really important for us to start sharing testimonies? Because testimony is a report that is heard. Rarely seen. You can see the results of it. You can see it sometimes if you're, you're right there and it happens in front of you. But it's also played out over time outside of the side of those that will hear about it and testimonies when heard grow faith if i didn't hear if if you all didn't tell me something that god has done for you weekly i would start to lose faith as to the purpose i have as your pastor that's why i'm very thankful that y'all reach out to me from time to time and tell me hey this happened or i hear stories hey someone gave me a word when i hear those things it, it, it not only gives me joy and it gives me peace and it fills my soul, but it changes my soul gate of my ears. We're catching this, aren't we? Yeah, I like it. When you, when you put yourself in a place to hear, 
you change the filter spiritually of what happens from here to here, from your ear to your heart. And it's important for us to change that filter. I think that the ear is the one gate to our soul that we are required to change the filter on from time to time. And the number one filter change is this. Speaking out God's word. Hearing yourself say God's word. I would start to encourage each and every one of you. When you read the Bible and something catches your fancy in God's word, speak it out loud. Don't just read it with the eye. Speak it out loud so that you can hear it said. Faith comes by hearing. By hearing what? The word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Saying it a few times. Maybe three or four times. When I catch myself looking specifically at a word in a scripture, I repeat it to myself. Hearing, hearing, okay. Out loud. Because it, 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 it's not just building your faith. It's changing the filter of what you hear and how you hear it. Changing the filter of the ear is a vital tool that we have. That's why we pray for each other out loud. Mm-hmm. It's so much more powerful when, when someone prays over you as opposed to someone says, I prayed for you. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. When you go and you pray over somebody. That's why it's time for us, when we are out and about, even at the point of uncomfortable, uh, being uncomfortable, if someone, if someone says, I need something, just go ahead and say, you know what, let me pray for you real quick. And doing it, even if it's short and quick and to the point, God will give you the word that you need to say. God will give you the opportunity, and that will build more testimonies. You know, we can't build testimonies to build good filters for our ears unless we're out doing the building, right? We need to start to make testimonies, not just give testimonies. But doing so means that it's time to talk a little bit. Something you can hear. Something that's tangible. You know, if I had to pick between sight or hearing, which one would you lose? Well, in Jesus' name, I ain't going to lose either of them. However, however, I don't know which one I would pick because hearing is a vital key. A vital key to protecting our soul gates. To changing our processes in our innermost being. To start to move forward in faith. It's interesting that the ear actually has a piece of changing what the eye does as well. Faith comes by hearing, by hearing God's word. So, like I said, with sight, when we focus on filling ourselves with God's goodness and God's treasures and God's love and thankfulness and thanksgiving, then it changes what our eye wants to see. And then as our eye changes what it wants to see, all of a sudden our ear starts to hear things a little bit differently. And then it, it feeds to what our eye wants to see. There's this, there's this circular thing that is happening in the body as we give thanks unto the Lord. Then all of a sudden, faith builds. But what does faith do? Faith starts to feed that mind's eye more than the physical eye. The spiritual aspect of your eye, where you can see what God wants to do in here, you can feel what God wants to do right here, and then all of a sudden, we're opening up our gates and flooding it out into what comes next. 
which is very exciting to me. And this is the way that God brought it all together for me. So the ears, they, they build faith, they build trust in what you can't see. But we have this other gate that is actually more an outgoing than an incoming gate. Because this gate can only edify the body in a physical way. It's the mouth. So the way that the mouth edifies, it comes out and it goes in. It comes out and it goes in. It comes out and it goes in. It edifies or distracts the ears of others or ourselves. Do you understand? So nothing goes in the mouth that does much to the soul. That's why Jesus says, nothing you put in your mouth that makes you unclean. It's what comes out of you that makes you unclean. But the mouth is still a gate. It still has a purpose. It's actually the most noisy gate we own. That's why Paul says, watch what your tongue says. Be diligent. Keep a, a good handle on what comes out of one's mouth. Because power of life and death is in the tongue. But the death that comes out, it kills and, and it changes the filter of our ears. But look at the way the Lord brings this all together. This to me was amazing. In Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 45. Yep. Luke 6.45 says this. The good man of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good. And the evil man out of the evil treasures brings forth what is evil. For the mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. And why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts upon them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like the man that is building his house, who dug deep and laid forth a good foundation upon the rock. And when a flood rose and the torrent burst against the house, it could not shake it because it had been well built. It took everything that we just talked about and put it all in one nice little scripture. It says, if you put good treasure in your heart, you've treasured up your things in heaven, you have good in your heart. If you have good in your heart, and good is flowing in from the thanksgiving that you're giving unto the Lord, and you're treasuring up your, your uh, everything in heaven, as opposed to here on earth, basically taking everything you own and putting it in the storerooms of heaven. That's how we store up our treasures in heaven. Because we get treasures here on earth. But you have to give them unto the Lord. Because you never know when he's going to ask you to give that treasure away. You never know when he's going to ask you to do something with that treasure. And if you've given that treasure unto the Lord, it becomes a good, good treasure. Yeah. Versus an evil treasure. Isn't it interesting, though, how everything we just talked about is all summed up right here in this good thing. And it brings it down to the mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I'm going to tell you something. If you don't like what's coming out of your mouth, then there's something inside you that needs to be dealt with. 
If there's something inside you that needs to be dealt with, it's not a deliverance issue that means that I need to reach in and pull a demon out of you all the time. Sometimes it just means you need to change your focus. You need to give thanksgiving unto the Lord. You need to watch your soul gates. There's only one good way to watch the soul gates, and that's to praise the Lord. Give him all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. Everything that happens in your life, it, it's always good to stop and ask the Lord about it. And to give him thanks about it. Even your trials, even your tribulations. Stop and say, Lord God, I just thank you so much that you consider me worthy to go through a trial at this time. That you consider me important. That I may be sifted like sand. That you consider me worthwhile enough that the enemy obviously hates my guts. If he didn't hate us, do you think he'd harass us as much as he does? Nope. If he didn't hate the Lord, do you think he would give a rip about what we are and what we do and what we think and what we say? It's not like he's got a lot of time left. And he's wasting all of it on us. There's a reason. Is this helpful to you? Yeah. Our soul gates need to be protected. But it doesn't need to be a difficult process. It starts with one, giving thanks. It starts with two, making sure that that thanksgiving flows out of our windows to the point where it, it, you can keep a temperature of it. Are my eyes wanting or is my trust fully on the Lord to the point where I don't really care what I see in front of me? Or my eye isn't looking for the next thing. Or my heart isn't wandering to, the, to what will happen next. Because my, my heart is firmly entrenched on the plans of the Lord. Bring it back. Let's bring it all the way back. Let's bring it all the way back to the Lord's Prayer. Matthew chapter 6. Look at how amazing this is. With everything we just said. Let's match it with, with, uh, with Matthew chapter 6 when, when Jesus says how to pray. Pray this way. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Basically saying, your treasures. Everything that, that I have, I want it to be on earth as it is in heaven. Take this treasure and wash it through the heavenly system. So that it rains back down on me in glory. As opposed to sit, sitting here at where, where moth can rust. And it has no purpose. And it has no place and it has no plan. Give us this day our daily bread. I don't want to look to see if there's bread over there for me. Mammon can only do one thing. And that's darken my eyes. And I need my eyes to be light. And I need them to be bright. And I need the goodness of the Lord to shine in. So that the goodness and the thanksgiving of the Lord can shine out. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive those that debt against us. For yours is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lastly, what are we, what are we talking about? When we find ourselves talking about something that is counterproductive to our soul gates, are we stopping ourselves? Are we putting ourselves in check and saying, you know what, I know I said this, and I know I feel this, but I know that this isn't the truth. And I'm going to take a few minutes to speak the truth. The truth is X, Y, Z. The truth is, is that God is going to heal, whether it be through surgery or whether it be through supernatural uh, utterance. They both can be the same thing. God is going to save. We need to start talking about the goodness of the salvation of the Lord. We need to start telling people again 
how much our salvation means to us. Because there's one thing that the enemy has done to us over time is tried to convince us that we need to be a little bit more tricky about how we share the goodness of God. That we need to be a little more stealth about how we share the goodness of God. When the truth is, we just need to share the goodness of, the, of God and know that that changes the filter of the ear. God changes the filter of one's ear, not us. We're not crafty enough to trick somebody into heaven. We're not crafty or, or, or elegant enough to schmooze people through the pearly gates. We need to just tell people the truth. The truth is, is that Jesus saved my life and that Jesus can save your life. We'll focus on the things that need to be changed after we come to this one simple conclusion. Who is Jesus? Because Jesus will be the one to show people what they need to change in their lives. Not us. This will be the predicator of what one needs to change in their hearts. Not us. The only thing we can tell somebody how to do is what the Bible says to do. Give thanksgiving. Give praise. Give honor. Give glory. And the don'ts, they come with time. That's sanctification. But we all have a sanctification process. We all have to sanctify our gates. It was interesting when God started to show me about, about soul gates. I started to remember, and I actually started to hear songs that I used to listen to when I was a youth. And let me tell you something. You think some of the music out there now is bad. Some of the stuff I used to listen to when, when no one knew that I had the, the accessibility to listen to was horrible. It was sexually um, pornographic. We're talking two live crew. We're talking the nastiest of nasty music that you could hear. Why? Because it gave you a visual for it. Because they had a nice little beat that they would put to it. Because all of my friends were listening to it. And all of a sudden, some of the songs started to pop out into my head the other day. And I'm like, Lord, well, I'm sanctified from this. I have no interest in, in listening to, to any of these things. But what in the heck is going on? And why am I hearing this now? And he told me, he said, because your soul gate at a very young age came under siege. And I said, well, but that's everybody, Lord. Everybody comes under siege. We all have our soul gates attacked at some times by what we listen to, by what we watch, by what we think, by what we choose to worship. Why, why now? Why at this point am I starting to see this? And he said, because, because your worship has been hindered because of what you heard when you were younger. And I want to cleanse your mouth. And I was like, but I don't say those things. He says, it doesn't matter. It's filtered through. It's filtered through. And now I'm going to push it out. And he said to me, he said, there's others in your church body that have had the same thing happen to them in different ways, whether it be music, whether it be shows, something that has happened to you when you were younger that changed your filter, changed your soul gate, and misrepresented the purpose of your doors. So that the goodness of the Lord is not flowing out at its full potential. Goodness of the Lord is in us. But it can flow out at a better rate and at a good flow. And at its full potential. So what I would ask everybody, and whether you're watching or whether you will watch, and what I would say to everyone here is this. Protect your gates. Protect your eyes. Protect your heart. Protect your ears. 
But also ask the Lord if your gates in any way, shape, or form have been made unclean at some point in your life. And he wants to, to fix that gate. Because I'm telling you, out of the abundance of the heart, this gate will speak. And this gate creates a cyclical problem for us if we don't purify it. What did Isaiah say when he came before the Lord? It was Isaiah, right? The one that said, cleanse my lips. I am a man of unclean lips. Now let's be honest with you. He, he did. He said, I live among a people of unclean lips. I'm a man of unclean lips. And he said, touch my lips, O Lord. And it's not like Isaiah was out there cursing, swearing, drinking. He was a holy man. So why was he a man of unclean lips? One reason. Because he got caught in a lie of believing that everything that was going on around him was the truth as opposed to what God says. And he started to complain unto the Lord. He started to misuse this gate, the flow, instead of prophesying the truth. When he saw the goodness of the Lord, he said, this does not match what I see, Lord. This does not match what I want to say, Lord. I am a man of unclean lips. If what you're showing me is true, and I'm not saying what I'm seeing, then I have basically abused this gate. Purify my gate, O Lord. we got to stop looking at it as though it's a strictly a sin thing and look at it as it's a lifeline. This is a lifeline. And if we're filling ourselves with the thankfulness of the Lord, the goodness of the Lord, and we're turning around and allowing it to shoot out of our mouth, shoot out of our eyes, and, and, and change the filter of our ears so that every time we hear it come back in, it's coming back with what? A good report. That's why testimonies are an amazing thing. It shows that the process is working. We need to get some more testimonies. Because I need a little proof that our process is working. Lord God, right now we come before you. We ask you to cleanse every soul gate that we have, Lord God. And that it would be prepared to be holy and used for your purposes, Lord God. Lord God, fill our heart with thanksgiving. The main gate of our soul. Enter your gates with thanksgiving in our heart. Enter your courts with praise. Lord God, purify our hearts. Purify our hearts right now, Lord God. Our eyes, Lord Jesus. If the eye is good, it sees good. The light inside is good. But if there's darkness inside, woe to that person. Because the darkness will be worse. If you've got darkness inside and you're not letting light in, there's no freedom, Lord God. Bust open our eyes, Lord God. Purify our eyes, Lord Jesus. That we would start to have revelation. Revelational sight on us, Lord God. Your revelational sight, Lord God. Take the filters off our ears, Lord Jesus. That we would hear the goodness and where, where faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word, we would start to speak out God's word. When we don't know what else to say, when we don't have something that's revelation of, revelational from you that we're hearing or that you want us to say, Lord God, that we would just open up the Bible and we would pick a scripture and we would just read it aloud. 
and let it cleanse the filter of the ear, the flow of the ear, the gate of the ear. And Lord God, out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks, Lord God. If we do everything that we talked about before, the mouth will do what you want it to do. Lord God, let the abundance of the good flow out of our hearts, Lord God. But may our mouth filter things that aren't good. Spit out the bad and speak the good. Give us a spiritual aptitude, Lord God, to spit out things that we shouldn't say and say the things that you want us to say, Lord God. So that we would hear the testimonies of the living Lord, the living God, the living Savior, 